From the Holler, the podcast that nurtures a life of purpose and presence, taking you on a transformative journey of healing and soul discovery from a farm in the North Georgia mountains where we've been sharing spiritual messages for over a decade. I'm your host, Vicki Fraker, a dedicated life coach, spiritual healing guide, and a student of life, here to help you live an awakened life and take you on an unlearning journey. And I'm Amanda Augustine, your curious companion. Together, we'll dive deep into conversations that challenge old beliefs and nurture your connection with your truest self. Welcome to episode one, to begin, begin. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It's our very first episode and we're nervous and we're clumsy and we're goofy and we're figuring it out and we're doing it anyway. To begin, begin. That's all we can do. So we thought we would start by first talking about what is the farm and what is farm to souls. And so we're here with Vicki Fraker, and I'm Amanda Augustine, and we're going to begin by beginning. What is Revival 356? Ooh, that's a big, big question. So Revival 356, a lot of people refer to it as the farm. It is a farm in Ballground, Georgia, the North Georgia Mountains, and we are a sanctuary. I like to refer to it as a spiritual retreat where people can get off the world's rhythm. And I say, get on God's rhythm. Um, We're in the country. It's a slower, more intentional rhythm out here. And many, many different people from all over find their way to the farm. So it's a very uh, unique setting And it is way, way far away from the hustle and bustle of most people's life. It sure is. Of course, I've spent a lot of time there. So first of all, how long has it been around and how did it, how did it come to be? Well, with me, there's usually stories within stories within stories. So I'm going to try to just give you an overview of how it came to be. Eric and I, my husband, got married later in life. We got married in our 40s, and I had always had a vision. Uh, I'm a country girl. I grew up in rural South Georgia. I loved simple country life. Of course, when I was there, I couldn't wait to get out. And I think when you start to live your life from the second phase or the afternoon of life, as Carl Jung talks about, we have this longing to go back home. It doesn't have to be physically, but it's usually emotionally and spiritually and physically for me. And I knew that I wanted to create a place that was very similar to my childhood in um, a lot of woods, a lot of the natural world, a lot of animals. And I wanted to spend my life there. And I knew I wanted to share that with a lot of people as well. So when I met Eric, he lived in a country club, not to be confused with the country. (laughs) (laughs) And we met and I just said, oh yeah, no, I'll introduce you to some of my friends. This is, uh, this is not the life. This is not the direction I'm moving in. I'm moving into a simpler, 
smaller, slower, uh, more intentional place in my life, which a lot of animals and a lot of woods is going to be where I want to go. What did he think about that? Eric is such a beautiful soul. He's such a patient, loving man. He was curious, you know, as as Eric is with with most things. He's he's open-minded, and he was curious, and he was honest and said, I know nothing about country living, um, but I can see that that you're very clear on that's where you're going, and I want to learn more, and I want to know more. So we started looking for a place, and we stumbled upon this 27, 28-acre farm. At the time, it was in foreclosure, so it needed a lot, a lot of works. Uh, the people didn't live here for a while before we moved in, so it was it was in need of a lot of love. And we made the leap, and we moved in, and that was just the beginning of confusion, chaos, you know, just... And you would never know that if you come out to the farm today, because it is such a peaceful, loving place. I can't even imagine chaos that that started it all. But that's what's interesting is that's what I always like to share with people is how the farm is now is not the way it started. As with most things, you know, Eric and I, we did have a vision in mind. A different time in my life, I was involved with an inner city ministry. I was part of a program where we fed the homeless people and um, loved and nurtured them. And I would occasionally find myself going to feed them, and I would be drinking with them before our time was over. I struggled with addiction and oh, alcohol. <laughs> I know. And it was just this. I was I was trying really hard to stay sober. But I remember a guy that was in charge of it all looked at me and said, honey, you went to take the light to someone and they blew your candle out. Mm. He said, you were not meant to sit on the front row of this kind of stuff. You are meant to sit further back. I believe you're called to serve those that are serving, not just serve the ones that are most in need. And so I remember him saying that to me, and I was like, serve those that are serving. And even though that pissed me off at the time, I was like, I can do this. I can be on the front row. Nobody can put baby in a corner. I'm not going to the corner. (laughs) But it did teach me. It was was a huge moment for me to realize um, that maybe I am not called to just serve people. Maybe I am called to serve the ones that are serving people because I do have a tender heart. I do have a big heart. And sometimes being serving people that are in the middle of really, really deep, hard stuff, if you don't at that time, I didn't have healthy boundaries, that could take you out. And so I didn't realize, oh, maybe I'm just supposed to help feed the ones that are feeding other people was what it came down to. And so that stuck with me as we started the farm. And so originally I thought, and Eric thought too, maybe we'll be a retreat where pastors come or people that are missionaries, people that are on the front lines, who feeds them? Maybe we'll be a place where they can come. Mm -hmm. So that was originally kind of how we started out. We'll be a place where those that are serving needs 
That's so interesting because, you know, you said it it sort of pissed you off. But to me, it gave me chills because I, I know the experience of the farm. And there is this population of people are healing that are living their life, persevering and doing the hard stuff. And they do need support. You know, they, they, right. they aren't able to do it all without, without that support. So it gave me chills because I'm one of those people, right? I'm, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a, I'm a career woman. I pretend to do it all, but inside there's, there's still that need to, to be supported and to, to be heard. And when you come out to the farm, that's, that's the space that it is. It, you hold space for people that, that need that healing and so isn't it interesting that yeah. now that is this is the way I serve those that yeah. are serving. Yeah. So for, so now it it is a lot of women, men do come out to the farm, but it's mostly women, you know, who are just like you described, who are lost in their life, mm-hmm. who are doing all the things and giving everything to everybody and who have nothing left for themselves and they need to be fed. They are struggling. They are hurting. And so this is a place where people can come, reset, refuel, fill up and go back to their life and, and do what they do. So in a roundabout way, that whole inner city ministry thing was, was one of the greatest gifts because it did help me lead to understand what my purpose was and what my gifts were in a deeper way. If you hadn't been led in this direction, like where would we all be without Vicki Fraker? Oh, God. Revival. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because the, the deepest message of the farm well, first, our, our mission statement is um, to be a sanctuary where the soul is reminded of its worth, where people are awakened to a life of purpose and presence by remembering all God created them to be. Mm-hmm. And so the deep message of the farm when people come out, as I was at one time in my life, we're looking for someone to tell us what we need to do. Tell me what I need to do to experience peace, joy, purpose, whatever it is. Tell me what to do. And one of the first things when people come out, I just remind them everything they need is in their heart. If someone thinks they have something you need, you need to run. (laughs) I would never pretend to have what anybody needs. Yeah, and you're always so clear about that. To people that first come out, Honestly, that that kind of pisses them off. I know. I know it does because it pissed me off. So I'll talk a lot about Pat. Pat is my therapist and mentor, and we'll have her on our podcast hopefully really soon um, as I share more of my story and and how that has equipped me to now have this sanctuary and, and hold space for so many people to come out. But that was one of the things Pat said to me is, God did not give me your answers. Your answers lie in your heart. And until you take the inward journey and get still and go within, it's just a watered-down version of somebody else's experience, but it's not what you necessarily need. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't need some wisdom and guidance from other people, but hopefully through other people sharing their wisdom and guidance, that opens up the door inward to help us find our own path, direction, answers, whatever it is. And so, yes, we're created to need each other. That's what the farm is. That's what community is. Um, And yet that can never take the place 
of maybe being inspired and guided by someone or something and then spending some time in stillness and going within and seeing how that resonates deep in your heart and soul. Yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight. I think, you know, when I started coming out to the farm and coming to signpost Saturdays, which we'll talk a little bit about too, but, um, you know, fast forward three, four years and, you know, it was probably a good two years in before I really started internalizing a lot of, of the messages and, you know, just what I was learning and, and hearing and just being able to take that and apply it to my life. And I do feel like I'm finally in a place where, you know, I do look inward first. It's hard, but it's where you start. You've taught me that. Um, and, and yeah, it's, but it's a process, right? It's a little scary and it does piss you off in the beginning, but you do realize, yeah, it all falls on you. So let me start sharing a little bit about what the farm is, maybe Um, a a little bit more of the backdrop of what the farm is. Um, I struggled with many, many things in my life. I was a athlete in the beginning stages of my life. Um, And my outward external self was who I was. It was my identity. It was what the sum total of who I believed I was. There was a lot of pain and suffering in that. I struggled with many things that I'll go into detail about, but mainly um, alcoholism and bulimia and steroids. But through several attempts in about 20 years, um, eventually I got sober and ended up in a mental institution, but met a woman there who is now my counselor. She was my counselor there. And really it... uh, changed the direction of my life, of, of doing the inner journey, the um, internal healing. But originally, I started going to recovery meetings. My first time in rehab, I was 19 years old. So I'm 58 years old now. So I have, I have some experience and age, and it's all a beautiful thing. But the first time I was in rehab, I was 19 years old. So I was exposed to recovery meetings. And I could remember first going into recovery, going into AA meetings. And even though I resisted, I thought everybody needed to be there but me. They were jacked up people. I didn't belong. Over time, I could sense there was something going on in those rooms that was unexplainable, that was indescribable. Um, There was a love that was that was happening in those rooms. Um, And then, of course, I spent many years back drinking again. And um, but I never forgot the feeling of um, just experiencing healing really going on by just being in the rooms of AA. And so it's so interesting how all these little pieces that we experience in life as we become older, you can see they were actually forming something beautiful back then, but we didn't have the experience to actually understand what was going on. But it's so interesting because just like in that inner city ministry and that pastor saying to me, oh, you're called to serve those that are serving. It's so interesting how things are imprinted on our heart 
and when they're our truth and they're where our soul wants to take us, we don't forget those things. And so I never forgot the experience and the love and the something that was in those rooms of recovery, even though I went back out and used and all of that. So fast forward when I knew I was going to go back to um, a rural type living, country living that I just could not hang out in the world the way the world was, just the fastness, the intensity, the distractions. It just was too much for my soul. I knew that I wanted for people to come and experience something similar that I experienced in those rooms of recovery. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know what it looked like. But I just knew that I wanted to create a space in the natural world that um, didn't have the distractions and the internet and the phones going off, where people could be a part of something bigger going on, that they could, um, whether it was through groups or conversations, that they could witness maybe someone else experiencing some healing. Does that make sense? Sometimes I can go no, off on no, tangents. I, I, no, I just, I, I've seen it firsthand. So to me, mm-hmm. you know, everything you're saying makes complete sense um, because it is impactful and it's, it is a place where people can get off of the world's rhythm and get on God's rhythm and just go deep. You know, what do you say? Deep, not wide. Yeah. I, I love to see when people pull up and you know, the right when you pull up, the horses are out and you see the goats and dogs come running out to greet you. And there's this long gravel road. And I can tell the people that really get it because tears start streaming down their face before oh, they yes. even make it to the barn. Yes. And I have so many people that just say, like, what, what is this? I'm, I'm not a crier. What's going on? What's going on? And it's not necessarily the the beauty of the stillness of, you know, just the farm, it's more that they find themselves starting to get still. And as you slow down your thinking and that, that just mind that's always going, you slow that down. Yeah. What is what is inside of you starts coming to the surface. And usually it's tears. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful thing, you know, but um we started book studies and groups, and I can remember the very first group that I started when we were trying to figure out what the farm was and how we were going to share it. Um, I had I thought I would get some friends together for a book study, and so I called it a Bible study. <laughs> oh, Vicky! <laughs> so I had some friends from the church community and I invited them and I had friends from my spiritual world and I invited them and I brought us all together and just thought, because I've always loved bringing people together of different cultures, different faiths, different beliefs. Like that's just what I love. That's what the rooms of AA are, by the way. That's, that's what makes the love in there is everybody's honest. Everybody like, you can't bullshit a bullshitter is what they say in AA. So when you come in the rooms, it's like 
This isn't about wearing mask labels. Nobody gives a shit what you've done, who you are. It's like, look, I'm struggling and I'm here because I need help. So it's and on- isn't that like what a lot of people <laughs> just want, like right. just to be seen and to, to you know, we're all struggling. We're all struggling. But there's very few places where people can go and really, really stand in the truth of who they are and. um so again, that's, that's, I just, so how did it go with the, with the, with the Bible study? Um, well, we were actually in it for a while and it went well until it didn't. And, and again, it was just, um, it was trying to bring different people together with, with, you know, different beliefs and it did, um, it went well for a while and then it didn't, which, um, was frustrating and yet it also it, it gave me clarity of um, knowing what direction I was not going to go in, <laughs> which helped me figure out what direction I was going to go in. Well, what I love, too, when, when you come out to the farm, you're, you're always reminding, you know, everybody that, you know, you, there's different words that trigger certain people. Right. And, and so it's not about labels. It's not about, you know, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian or, you know, what your beliefs are. It's, it's where you are. It's whoever you are. So, um, you do a good job of that, of just bringing people, um, to a place where they can just be comfortable. Like, you know, it's, it's not heavily religious or it's, you know, not skewed in one way or another. Um, it's just, you can just be yourself. That's Again, that's what I learned, you know, in the rooms of AA. I grew up, you know, in a, um, in, in the South, you know, in the Bible Belt. And um, I experienced, you know, how religion can be used to hurt people. And I knew I did not want that. But yet I always had this spiritual longing for this deep, reverent connection of all of life and all of people. And um, I knew I wanted the farm to be a place where there wasn't an undercurrent of a hidden agenda of, I think I'm here to save you, because I know how hurtful that is. And I knew I didn't want that. And so one of the things, you know, when people want to know, what is your credo? Somebody asked me that. I did not know what a credo was. I'm like, love? I don't I don't know what that means. But um, my agenda really is to love people. Um, that really is it. I don't have an agenda of thinking I need to save them or get them to pray some prayer. Or my heart really is to love people where they are. So after many attempts of trying to get sober and not doing it, I met Pat in a mental institution, and what she did was love me where I was at with no agenda. She didn't pray some prayer. She didn't tell me I needed to read, you know, more doctrine. She just modeled she loved herself. She had done a lot of healing work. So she set healthy boundaries because I had none. So I needed to know what a healthy boundary looked like. Mm-hmm. But she really did just love me until I could learn to love myself, that saying. And so now when people come out, I really do want to um, 
Of course, I know how to set healthy boundaries and understand where I end and others begin, but um, I really just do want to love people. Yeah, and you hold space for people like like I've never seen anybody do. Mm. You just do. Again, I think that's what I learned in the rooms, and I think that's what Pat did for me because most most interactions we have – People want something from us, or you want something from someone. It doesn't matter if it's a stranger. That's just kind of the dynamics of the way life is set up. But to start practicing just really seeing someone for where they are and just loving them without feeling that you need to give them something or take them somewhere that you think they need to go, but just really loving them. Actually, in doing that, I believe both people start healing. It's a powerful thing. And that's just some of the beginning things that um, I would love to share about the farm. Yeah, you know? I mean, we have so much to talk about. That's, you know, why this podcast is is being born and why we're beginning where we are. Um, so we have a lot, you know, lots of lots of episodes to talk about more. But what I do want to shift and talk about um, is... What is Farm to Souls? Because, you know, we know now how Revival got established and started. Now, like, how did Farm to Souls come to be? What What is this whole piece of, of the, the puzzle? Yeah. So, so right when COVID hit, um, my dear friend Amber called me and said, like, you know, basically she was struggling with isolation and she wanted me to do some virtual stuff and some online stuff. And I just busted out laughing and was very close-minded and said, oh, honey, you know, what happens at the farm is very special and that can't be duplicated online. That can't be duplicated, sorry. Sorry. Lost my train of thought. That can't be duplicate. Just the thought of going online scares me. <laughs> the interwebs. The interwebs. Vicky and the interwebs. Vicky and the interwebs. Um, but it just, uh, I just, I was, I closed down because, again, I just think you have to come to the farm and experience it. And, and it's, it, there's really something there. Um but um, as then COVID continued and I saw people were really locked down for long periods of time. We couldn't get out to the farm, Vicki. What were we going to do? We I were know. all dying over here, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, I talk a lot about staying open and staying curious and childlike. And I was doing the opposite of saying no to the internet. And um, But anyway, Amber persisted. And we started doing some stuff on this thing called Zoom that I just heard about. (laughs) And we started gathering these women. And I just really, uh, the same principles that naturally I share at the farm, we just used uh, on the virtual platform. And women started showing up and women started telling other women and it there was a little bit of traction and excitement around this virtual thing. And so we started Farm, the number two, Souls. And that is taking everything we do at the farm outward in the virtual world to other souls. And that's actually how we met you that's indirectly. Correct. So yeah. you want to share a little yeah, bit about sure, that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so like many people during COVID, you know, you, you're feeling pretty isolated. And of course I had been coming to the farm leading up to that point. Um, I live about 45 minutes away, so it's not always easy for me to get out here, but, um, 
yeah, I, I started doing the stuff online. Like, I figured why not, you know, stay connected. And it was just as impactful. Like I was even surprised, like, you know, you come out to the farm, it's this beautiful setting, you know, how can you possibly recreate that? But you hold space, you hold space on zoom, you know, and, and women show up and, and women are listening to other women talk about what it's like to be them and, and their hardships. And there's so much healing that goes on that I was even surprised, but you know, how it all came to be, I, you know, that's what I do in my day job, you know, I do uh, digital marketing and I've got a graphic design background and thought, you know, I really just want to try to figure out how I can get plugged in to help them with this virtual stuff. Cause you know, you talk about the interwebs and I know you're not, we were struggling. We, it was clear though, even for people in that community that you could see, you know, whether it was social media or just the way we were doing things, but they were so patient and, and because they loved what was happening and they, they wanted more of it. And so, yeah, I just decided, Hey, I, I really want to, I want to get plugged in. I want to help any way I can. And so that's how it started. Yeah. So here we are. We're, we're recording a podcast now. What? That is so awesome. Yeah. So Amber lives in South Carolina. And so Farm to Souls is Amber, Amanda, and myself, Vicki, and um, yeah. Amanda. Amanda. Amber is not here with us today, but she will be. At some she point. will be. She will be. But we're going to. Um, just share some conversation about yeah. all of this. And I look forward to sharing more about Farm to Souls and about the farm and uh, just sharing some stories of. Oh, and know, there's some good ones. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some really good ones. The country life and the spiritual life and the sanctuary and all that goes on out here. Um, it's amazing and it's beautiful. So um, we're going to have other episodes. And, and so we hope you'll tune in. Thank you, Amanda. Love you, Vicki. Love you too, boo. Thank you for joining us on another episode of From the Holler. We hope our conversation today has offered valuable insights on your journey towards healing and soul discovery. Stay connected with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Farm to Souls, Farm the number two, Souls, or visit our website at farmtosouls.com. Together, we can create a community of individuals dedicated to nurturing their spirituality and awakening to the gifts of this life. As always, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your journey. Stay curious, stay open, and remember, you're not alone on this path.